Joe presents TKO together with 32 Red. Welcome to round 11 of TKO here on Joe together with 32 Red. Um, fight fans are often debating top British fighters to have never won a world title. Um, if we were to make a, a quick top five, who would who would be in it for you? Well, there's, there's a few. Harold Bomber Graham. Yeah. Um, like Michael Watson, maybe. Michael Watson, Kirkland Lang. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Mitchell too. Kevin Mitchell. Henry Cooper. Henry Sir Cooper. Henry Cooper. And uh, the man we're going to speak to today, I think probably should have won two world titles. Mm, I think you're probably right. And that man, of course, is Martin Murray. We're up here in Warrington for round 11. Uh, we're going to head to Murray's Tavern and, and go and have a chat with him. Should we head over? Let's do it. Let's do it. You are, in many people's views, unlucky to have not won two, potentially three world titles. Is that a compliment, as far as you're concerned? I don't know. I mean, it's just one of them things, isn't it? You know, some people have a, a little bit of luck, others don't. But, I mean, if I can get recognised by boxing fans as being someone like that, then obviously it's good enough for me, do you know what I mean? I'm, uh, I don't look for any praise or acknowledgements. I just do what I do. But if they acknowledge that... And, and that's what they say, then obviously it's, uh, you know, it, it feels good to me. Um, you guys have spent a, a fair bit of time together the last couple of years in camp. You announced your kind of retirement in, in December. Was that <laughs> a little bit... as long as these, I think. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, was, that, was that a little bit rash then? Uh, you know what? It was immediately after the fight, so obviously the feelings are, you know, very, very raw. And, and, and the day after, I said that I'm going to contemplate, have a... Uh, have a think about it and you know what I'm still I mean I'm, if I fight again I fight again it, great if I don't don't great that, that, that's that's where I am at the minute but I think I will definitely fight again you know I'm, I'm, I've had a lot of time just for just relax and just you know think things over and I'm just going to do it now out of pure enjoyment you know going back to what you just said about being unlucky and things like that I've never had the luck in the boxing but um, moving forward now for me, that that's what I'm thinking. I'm, you know, the luck's not with me. Just, just enjoy, and that's that's what I'm gonna do. So, like I said, whether I fight in a few months, great. If I don't, great. You know, I'm in a I'm in a great period in my life where, you know, I've, I've put a lot of work in the boxing. You know, I've I've worked hard, but it's just time now to start start enjoying it and just. Um, yeah, just relaxing a bit. I remember that interview in the change room because I was in the same change rooms and night I lost the Warrington and you lost the in Dam. And I remember thinking, ah, don't be saying that, Martin. Just because it was like rush, you know, the yeah, fight had yeah. just happened. It was like, give it a, at least a few days, think about it. And that's why after the Warrington fight with me, I never said on camera with yeah, a car, yeah. but in my head it was. Yeah. But then you can, if you don't announce it, you can come back and no one says a thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I'm like it. I knew, I knew just by day after by saying um, that I was retired, that it was a, a bit too soon, and that's why I said I've, I've not made an official statement. But could call myself semi-retired. Like I said, if I fight again, great. If I don't, great. Do you know what I mean? But I'm I'm not physically done. I'm, I was more the, the year he had last year. Like we had a top time away, didn't we? The camps. Yeah. Um. Unreal. Honestly, them uh, them training camps were absolutely quality first class and it was the first time really where throughout my career I'd really enjoyed being in a training camp and I absolutely loved it but you know looking back you know I, I grafted hard last year and it, it didn't work out for me obviously I had the two pull outs and then had that Garcia fight and then again worked second half year grafted and it didn't work out for me against Zindam and I was just low, do you know what I mean? Because mm. they say, like, you want to get out what you put in, and I don't think, in some cases, that's not, not the case, you know what I mean? Mm. I've, like, committed and, and dedicated my life since I turned pro properly to boxing. Obviously, coming from the past I come from and and the life that I had, and I've done really well, done really well. Nobody thought that I'd, uh, that I'd get here, but... I, I was just flat, mentally flat, you know, physically I wasn't, but mentally I was just done with it. Mm. I was just done with it. And, I, you know, even, like, with thoughts on that Saturday, what was it, the 22nd? 22nd, 22nd, 22nd yeah. yeah. But my wife and my kids went away on the 20th. So I had to fly straight after the fight. I had to fly over to um, Vietnam. I met her on a cruise in Vietnam, yeah. where I got there Christmas Eve, and I didn't see them till Christmas Day. And I just thought, you know, I'd, I'd done all that, sacrificed all that and it, it just didn't 
you know, it didn't work out for me. And it's just one of them, like I said, I was just flat, but I've had a few months off now and I feel good and I feel that if a fight come up, I'd really, really think about, about taking it. Kids yeah. are the best in them situations, I think, because especially just before Christmas, both of us lost. We could have been down the dumps, and but you can't because you've got your kids That's looking it, forward yeah. to Christmas. Mm, so yeah, yeah, you kind of just have to wise up, and there's more important things than boxing, really. Yeah, it's very true. Um, 25 years you've been at it as an amateur and, and a pro. Yeah. Ten, 10 as a pro, 15 as an amateur. Although they were kind of stop-start years. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, talk to me about where it all started for you. So where you grew up. No, I, and... I grew up in um, I roughly share in St Helens, uh, you know, proper council estate area. Um, the, you know, work really as, as for me growing up was was non-existent. There was no jobs in in the town really. Well, there was, but not from the estate I grew up in. We wasn't brought up to be like that. I first went to the gym at seven, and there's a fellow on the wall there, Johnny Tisnell, my old first boxing coach. And what he used to do, he used to come round and you won't get away with it now. He just used to come round and set, throw loads of kids in his van on middle estate, you know what I mean? Like I said, you won't get away with it Contain now. Take him to the gym. Yeah, that's what he used to do. So he used to go. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> just checking. Well, that's what he used to do. And he used to come and he just like, but he was well known, very well respected man in the area. And he was just all he wanted to do was, mate, he was a pro, didn't do well. But it, and he, for his mistakes, he just wanted to make kids achieve achieve the goals and dreams. And he, he was just, that's, he was just committed to doing that. So obviously he got me in the gym going and, you know, I first went at seven and then I had a few breaks and then started properly at 10. But I was small, mate. I was like a, like I was a little runt as a kid, you know, I was 16 and I was last year of school and I won the school boys at seven stone. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Craig Lyon was in the weights above me. Have you seen that? I was called Craig. Wow. That's far, Craig. So Craig Lyon, like, one of my long-time old friends, he was in the weights above me. So I was tiny as a kid. But then it was I'd literally got... As a kid, I was... Even though I boxed, I wanted to box in the army, so I was just committed just to going in the army. My grades at school, just focused on getting what I needed to get in the army. But then I failed the medical when I went for uh, my induction-type thing. And then... I just remember being at Lime Street Station, coming back from Sutton Caulfield, and I was 17, and my dreams were just, like, shattered. So then, the week later, I went to a nightclub called Wigan Pier, um, and you know, I've got no, no shame in saying it, but I took a um, tablet, an XT tablet, and my life from then just completely went all over the show. So I had about two years out, and then... Come back, but what I did in them two years ended up getting me jail. What What did you do in those two years? I got, I got done for street robbery, so I was literally that off my head. You know the the GHB, the like, it's like the date rate drug in it. And that's why I drank a bottle of that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's good that Carl's laughing about. It. <laughs> no, but I, I'd literally been. I just used to go on like mad benders, and I'd been up all weekend. And then uh, my mates come back from this party in Bolton, and they had. They had all this GHB and I drank a bottle of this GHB and the next 20, well, 12, 24 hours were just a complete blur for me. And what I did in this in this um, 24-hour blur, I was just all over the show and I street robbed somebody. I had no reason to do it. I was just that off me head. I didn't know what I was doing. So I got three years for that. Wow. Yeah, so then obviously what I did then, I, I, I did that and got out. And then when I got out, um, I won the ABAs. But what I'd done then, I'd, 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 a, um, I'd had a mad fight in a chipper over... Um, it wasn't me and my mates, a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, a vegetarian. And every time we used to go out, he only used uh, to get chips or cheesy chips, yeah, because he's a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> What a waste I'm of a life. I'm a random and all. So anyway, we've gone in this chipper and they give him, they've not cut the chips proper. So they give him frozen chips, so he's bit into it. And he was bladding me, mate, and he couldn't fight save his life. I was always there backing him up, mate, but he was always kicking off. Because I was young then, I just used to back him up. And he'd, he'd, have, he'd had a bottle of WKD, yeah, and he threw it behind Conzo because he gave him frozen chips and it landed it fryer. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the chip, he just ended up going up on fire like never caught fire but big smoke and then all the drivers come out and we just ended up I was trying to sort this out this obviously disagreement we was all having and then it just escalated so we ended up being in a big brawl so then anyway we got nicked but I give my brother's name in 
because they didn't really know me, the police, I had no tattoos then. So anyway, the, I managed to get out as I was down here, but then the police got onto me, so I was on the run then. But I was on the run, I started box. I was I won the ABAs. You boxed in the ABAs, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went in, ABAs, 2004, and just managed to skirt around there. Did you feel on the edge when you well, were there? Every, every, every show I went, every, you know, every show I went, I thought, police were going to be there, Nick, me. Wow. But look, you know, everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? And luckily, I'd, um, yeah, I managed to get through it. There's enough pressure boxing in, in the ABAs without wondering, without having to look out for the old Nick. Yeah. yeah, in between rounds. <laughs> yeah. <so>. <laughs> I remember reading that in your book, actually, yeah. about your mate, and that, the, the vegetarian lad, just yeah. like <laughs> out doing what you do at the weekend, bit of a header, obviously, but he's a vegetarian and just uh, <laughs> just doesn't make any sense at all. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's how that's what it was over. So, like, yeah. the, what I was getting onto then was I'd won ABAs and then I fought for England mm. and I got on the funding and I got on the Commonwealth squad type thing. Well, because that was the time Amir Khan had that, won the same year you won the right, ABAs, yeah. the same year Amir Khan won the silver, and that's when we got a big injection of funding for, for the British. That's squad, right. So, when Amir, me. I think it was Amaker, Neil Perkins, yeah. me and John Watson went on his training camp. He went, went over Cyprus, he went on an acclimatizer. You know, you know, to get used to all, all, all the weather because it was in Greece, wasn't it, 2004? So we went over there. But like I said, with all this, I was on me, I was on my toes, just, just managed. But luckily, then when I went three years before that, I got jailed in Cyprus when I was 18. So I got jailed in Cyprus when I was 18 and. <laughs> This is mad. Yeah. You should all buy his book, by the way. Cause so, it's a great advert for it, yeah. <laughs> the hardback is now available. <laughs> but then, I'd, luckily, me three, I, I got a three-year ban when I got released, and luckily, my three-year ban had just come up by the time I went on this England camp. But then, back in the 2004, the police were on me then. So even though I won the ABAs and sorted my life out, I then got nicked and jailed. I cut my tag off in the meantime as well because he had a tag around my ankle. Uh, it was wild, as, as as it sounds. But then it come back then from that from that fight in two thousand and three. Right. So then I got jail again, and then I got out, and then I had a fight with some doorman, and then I got jail again, and then it was I got really lucky with a sentence. So in two thousand and six, I come out and I was just like I had enough, and I just met me now wife Gemma, and it was one of them where if I didn't do it then, I'd. Um, I'd be forever doing it, and yeah. I'd, I'd have lost Gemma, and it was just a time to do it, do you know what I mean? And it was just one of them where I got out, and no matter what, I was turning my life around, and, and, and that's what I did. I just got me got, got me head down and just started grafting, but went back to what I knew what was best, which was which was boxing. Is this? Is, is any of this sound like the man that you know, have known for, for the last few years? No, not now, because you've, I've heard all the stories and stuff, and, you know, being in camp with Martin, but... It's commendable, like what you've done, considering where you've came from, and reading the book and all them stories to, to get where you've where you've got. And I always, Martin's just like he's a proper man. You know what I mean? I can imagine that he can go and like fill his own kitchen and stuff and do anything anything he needs to. And you know, a good family man. He's had the past, but he's like a completely reformed character now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the stories are funny. I always like listening to them. But as, as somebody that's never thrown a WKD in a chip pan. Um, that wasn't me. That wasn't you. Yeah, what, what? I was a vegetarian. Yeah, sorry, it's the vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just talk to me about prison. So the first time you went in was you did a three-year stretch. No, well, I was in Cyprus before that. Right. So I, I got caught with some um, tablets in in Cyprus. So literally, there was four of us who went. What's a Cyprus clink like? I was just going to ask. Oh, yeah, unreal. Well, I went back in the. Um, I went there last year. I go back every year. Because my family's got um, a place over there that we go, and um, I managed to get in last year. I knew some fella in Nicosia who's got a boxing gym. We just got chatting over Instagram, and I went to his gym, and then he said, "What are you coming Nicosia for?" I said, "I'm going to try and get in this prison." I was, I was there. I've, I've got questions. I just want to ask him, you know, because it was like so long ago. And he was like, "Oh well, I, I might have a few connections for you." When you say questions, what, what sort of questions? Don't know. Just like. Just like people who was there, do you know what I mean? Who, who I'd, I'd love, I'd love find them, love see them. Some oh, okay. of, some so of you them, met, had, you met people that you got. Yeah, on yeah. Well. Some of them I'd never ever see again. Um, How long but, you doing Cyprus? Oh, I got lucky. We got six week. Yeah. But it, it was like proper jail. Like it was yeah. something you'd see off a film. So like there was 12, 12, six bunk beds, twelve in a cell. Does time go differently as well when you're in there? 
Six yeah, weeks yeah. feel like longer than six weeks. No, but you know what? I don't want to obviously glorify you, but you was literally let out in the morning. You sunbathed all day and you just got locked up at night. You used to come in for a roll call at dinner and then let back out and then roll call for tea and then you was in then. So you was out in the sun just playing football. Did they give not, you sun cream? Not, not, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> not glorifying it, but it was... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was bad. And, and what I put my mum through, do you know what I mean? My mum nearly had a nervous breakdown, so I put my mum through a lot of... My mum and dad through a lot of crap over the years, like... How often could you ring home? Um, no, we never. We didn't want to phone. We couldn't phone home. So, what? I guess that must have been the very first I, time you found out you were going inside. You must. That must have been quite a scary thought, especially. Well, I was on the run, so my mate got nicked before me, and I was just out off my head, um, like seriously off my head. I didn't know where it was, and uh, I'd come back, and the, the the room had been raided, and they'd been nicked. So I was just on my own, and I, I ended up on run for a few days. And then I phoned my mum then, like, because I knew I had myself in. There was talk of me going to Egypt, because you can get the boat over to Egypt and flying back from Egypt. But I'd, when I'd got a little moped, which I snapped, fell off and snapped my collarbone in while I was on the run as well, by the way, so <laughs> I had a bad time. <laughs> but then I'd, I didn't know where to put the moped, and I needed the moped to get me scooter, and I just didn't, it was, everything was a blur. It was only there for four or five days. I was only there for a week and, like, it, it all just escalated like that. But it was at a time where I was just I was just young, I was daft, I was stupid. I look back now and, I mean, I've never been I've never been a nasty person, but I was, I was just stupid, do you know what I mean? But it got to the stage where, like, for some unknown reason, like, me growing up as a, um, as a kid, not young, but, like, when I got into, like, me, you know, when I started going out being stupid... I was convinced I was going to be dead before 30. I was just convinced, you know, because of what I was doing, the the, the life I was leading, I, I thought, there's no way I could keep going like this. So I was kind of like, I was just wrecking myself, do you know what I mean? Just like, because I, I was just convinced in my head that that's what was going to happen. What's the sort of fate been of your group of mates from from school or who you were? Oh, well, there's, there's loads of them, obviously. Um, people who's still there, people who's died, you know, people who's, um, you know, been killed, people who's um, died from drug overdoses, you know, um, people who's in, in jail for a long time. So you're seeing sort of reflections of what your life could have been yeah, on another Yeah, path. kind of, yeah. But, like, going back to, like, Johnny Chiz, when um, he used to always say to me, like, about people, because I was going out drinking all the time, and he said, like, that, you know, you, you, there's a life there for you if you want it. So he said to me... Just knuckle down now. He said, these it who's in the public, because I was obsessed with going to the pub all the time, and mm. these who's here now, he said, they'll be here in 10, 20, 30 years' time. Yeah. They're going to be here all their life. I mean, you just go out and dedicate now, a few years, focus, 10 years, he said, and your life will change forever. And you're young and you're daft and you don't take the advice on, do you? So it took me a bit, a good few years to catch on, but, but you know, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, and add everything that happened when it did, you know, I wouldn't be with Gemma, one of my kids, we wouldn't be here now talking like this, you know what I mean? So I just think it's important just to take the positives out of out of everything, do you know what I mean? I, when I go into jails now and I speak with inmates and it was like me when I got out in 2006, it was it's up to me, it was up to me to change, do you mm. know what I mean? Your your chance comes to change and this is what I say to him, when that door shuts, when you get out of that jail and that, main gate shuts behind you if you want to change your life for the better you can do you know what I mean and that's what it was with me I just had enough of doing do, doing all them stupid things and I just thought you know really I just really want to do something positive with my life mm. I guess it's the difficult thing isn't it because in hindsight it's always easy to look back and say this is what I should have done as an amateur or I wish I'd done more road work or I wish I'd got up earlier and done this but obviously the hardest thing when you're a kid is to see the benefit of that in the future isn't it yeah of course you just want to <laughs> There's so many people around me as well. Like, I was getting loads of good advice when I was a kid. Um, never listened to it, really, and, and I, I wasn't doing the stuff that Martin was doing, but it was, I was messing about, like, and um, you just wish kind of now. Like, I'd have loved to have been an Olympian, an Irish Olympian, and, and it never happened, and I, sim- I think simply because I didn't apply myself probably, properly. Mm. So it's important about... It's important to... You get the advice, but the... the 
not just nod your head and agree with it, but actually take it in. And when you're a kid, sometimes it maybe it may take a while for it just to click and sink in. Mm, it does take a while. Speaking of uh, Olympians, Billy Joe Saunders was kind of number one guy at welterweight. I think at the time went to Beijing. Um, yeah, you were you were welterweight up until because that was what you boxed in, in the ABA, wasn't it? Yeah, sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was welterweight for them, but obviously when I went away, I just just trained all the time and just got big into weights. Right. So obviously when I come out, I was like just like thirteen and a half stone. So there was no way. I remember it's in the book actually. First time I met Jamie because I turned uh, Steve Wood. Yeah. He was my manager, and he took me ashore. And Jamie since size him and he went, Oh, you're like, mate, yeah, Sam, what weight are you gonna do? I went, Oh, I just thought I'd just slip back into welter. And I went, Well, if like 13 and a half stone welter, he just burst out laughing, then no, fucking whatever you do, welter, mate. Yeah, yeah, curious. But then obviously when I got into training and I realised there was no way I was gonna gonna make it. Um, when did you first meet Oliver Harrison? <laughs> I met Oliver um that after all uh, 2006. Right. So I was with John, what happened was in 2005, like, Johnny Chisholm, the trainer, died uh, while I was away. So when I come out of the gym, you know, it just wasn't the same with John and I. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself being there without John. So I went to John Lyon's gym then. John Lyon was, like, obviously, <laughs> eight, Craig's that eight-time ABA champion. In, you know, I think he'd come of Games Gold. He'd been about the circuit for years. He was an Olympian. And he had a gym in Wigan. So I just went back to him then and I literally got out. I think I got out the Friday and then I went to him the Monday and I just went, John, listen, mate, I need to do something with my life now because if I don't, I'll be forever doing this going in and out of jail. And he was like, listen, just start coming to me. John fair plays him. He's come pick me up every morning. So we used to go into J- the gym, the mm. DW now, but it was JJB. And we used to come to gym and do our session and train at night and he dedicated a lot of his time for, uh, to me. And... During that time, he was, um, he, you know, I was going all over, so I was trying to find a pro gym. Um, but anyway, I went to his gym and, and we just went and met Oliver. I just knew, I just knew he was the, the, the guy for me, like, you know what I mean? And it was um, one thing I didn't want to do was because when I decided to turn my life around, I moved out of St. Selling's to Wigan to get away from, like, all my mm. old mates. I mean, I still see him now, but I need to get away from him um, and just change my life. So that was the thing when I, Turn pro, wanted a gym. I could have gone to a gym in Liverpool where I knew loads of old fighters and stuff like that, but, um, you know, from amateur days. But I, I, I thought, you know, I need a clean break as yeah. well. So that that's why I went um, Oliver's in, in Salford. It's like reinventing yourself, isn't it, a little bit? That, yeah, yeah. From everything. I, I absolutely, to be honest with you, because, I mean, where I was, the only way was up, which was a good thing. Yeah. But I had a lot of rebuilding, a lot of reinventing to do, do you know what I mean? You went through the domestic ranks, Pretty comfortably, you're sort of unchallenged in 20, 21, 22 fights, and then you yeah. had Nick Blackwell for the British. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly you're ranked, I think, WBA number three, and, and Felix Sturm gets floated. When was the first time you got the phone call about that? Well, it was just after the Macklin fight when um, Sturm fought Macklin, and obviously Macklin, you know, I thought he should have won that fight. It was close, pretty fight. close in the Yeah, year. yeah. Um, so I think from the from their perspective, they wanted to get an, an I ranked somebody who was similar in the UK, just kind of bury that decision with mm. Macklin type thing. You know, because he did mean? a lot of soft touches before that, hadn't he? Really? Oh yeah, Sturm, he did a lot of pretty soft defense. A lot of Germans, oh, yeah. Germans do they get built up and they're oh, that's fight, it. Yeah, no yeah. one for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I fought Blackwell and then for British title, and then I went straight into a world title. Then, so. May you could say so the it. next fight Blackwell and then Blackwell Sturm. and then Sturm. Blackwell Sturm. Yeah. So it was a big, it was a big jump, but obviously it's a you know it was a opportunity. One, you yeah. can't knock them type of opportunities down. I mean the money was shit, but it was a chance for me, for, you know, to, to really announce myself on on the world stage. Because Sturm, of course, was he was robbed himself um, when he yeah, went over to, to fight De La Hoya. Yeah, yeah. And of course that if he'd won that fight, it would have poured water on the on Hopkins' fight and so it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. So yeah. you kind of get an idea of what's going on at that stage and you yeah. can't blame him, therefore, for once he once he secured a world title for Keeping kind of it there. holding it there because yeah, yeah. he'd been a victim of it himself, but never easy when you're obviously on the wrong end of, of a decision. I mean, you've watched that fight. What do you think? Do you think Mark yeah, won? I, th- I think he won the fight. Yeah. I think anyone else watching will totally see him. Yeah. And that's the thing, you talk about, talk about fighters, great British fighters who have never been world champions, but... 
with the right decision, Martin would have been twice mm. at least. Mm. Um, so it's very, very unfortunate that you you can't call yourself a world champion. Yeah, it is, no, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is, it is. Um, but it was one of them with Stern, we knew. Same with Matty. You know what's happening when you're going over there. It needs know. to be so wide. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You had um, an opportunity for, to fight Chavez Jr. after yeah. that, in, in between that and the Martinez fight, wasn't yeah. it? But of course, these are issues with your past. Yeah. Were, were problematic in getting into America. At what point did you realise that you weren't going to be able to go and how disappointing was that? Well, we sent... No, this was... Because they had, they had Peter Quillen yeah. um, on... Undercard, chief support undercard of you know for WBO undercard of Mayweather Alvarez. We had that fight, but then this was obviously after the Chavez fight. But when what I did was I went and applied for my visa, and I went down to London and they they just point blank refused me. Um, and then the Quillen fight come up then. So then the fella from Golden Boy wanted my criminal record, and I sent in the criminal record, and he just went. Not a cat in old chance. <laughs> <laughs> Too many chippies yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so that was that gone. So I, I kind of, I've, I've always like. It's always was Jacobs a... floated about it as well? Was there a chance of a Jacobs fight? Well, I fought Jacobs in Twice amateurs. in the amateurs, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You thought about that as a pro as well? No, but, well, the, the, I was kind of open because he just signed with Matchroom and I was with Matchroom at the yeah, time. That yeah. possibly okay. it will get mentioned. Um, but obviously the. The, the, the Saunders fight come up in the meantime and I had switched matchroom to, to Warren. So it just didn't, obviously didn't materialise. But like I said, America's always been like a bit of a bit of a closed book for me. There's yeah. some great fights over there for me. Uh, there, there was, but just obviously, you know, you've, um, that's what happens when you're a bellend, when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a young lad. Um, we'll come on to Marsners in just a moment. Um, yeah, you boxed Danny Jacobs twice, yeah. either, end of, uh, either side of a week, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I fought him on, fought him on the Monday in London, and then I fought him on the Friday in Liverpool. What was happened? that telephase? Yeah, or, it was uh, the one. Yeah. yeah. What was he doing over here? He he just uh, England versus America. Yeah, it was so, like yeah. big thing on Khan because Khan fought for it. Oh, he's on one of those. Yeah, ones. yeah. Right. Okay. So what happened was Neil Perkins. Me and Perkins were one and two at Welter, and Perko was meant fighting in London, and then I was meant fighting Liverpool. But Perko did his hand and he said, "Do you want to fight me in London?" So when yeah, so I went down London and got beat 1917. It was a close fight. But then on, on train on way home, me and Chizzy had an argument. We used to argue all the time. And I didn't go with gym then all week. So did little bits and bobs of training, but I was at Sharp. I was doing bits of run, trying to keep my work down. Anyway, I managed to form me the night before. Dead unprofessional, really, when you think of it. But mm. just old school. It's how it, you know, it's how it was then. And... He said, you're fighting, so I went, yeah, I'll fight. So I went, struggled, was in the sauna a bit, tried, made me wait, couldn't make it, wasn't sharp. Got in there and Jacobs was just sucking up a notch and just pinged me all over, sure. But um, I remember going out to round three, like, thinking, you know, that there's nothing I can do, I'm well behind on points now. I just went out, just, just throwing just big air makers and I caught him, dropped him. And... Um, I thought, you know, I thought, I've got it, I've got it. And then he just got up and just started rubbing, he's like dusting his gloves off and shaking his head. And then he just got on his bike then. Mm. I think I got beat something like 23-11 or something like that, do you know what I mean? So there was a big difference, but I wasn't at my best that second fight. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, it was one of them. That, that was just when I was just like, really could have kicked on from there. Yeah. And my past not brought up, uh, got brought up, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, got fighting for England, got on the funding. And life was, you know, it was good just from ABS and that. But like I said, that happened. And, and little would you both know, you you both go on to have pretty valiant efforts both against Golovkin, uh, kind of in his prime years. Yeah, yeah. And he's now three weeks away from um, big fight against uh, Canelo Alvarez yeah. as well. Um, Carl, any any chance you give Danny in that? He boxed very well against Golovkin, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I think it's a hard fight. We were yeah, just talking about it yeah. um, before these guys arrived here, and fair play to. Canelo for taking it. I think that with this big deal with the zone, it was probably a plan laid out and they said, look, you're getting serious money, so it needs to be serious fights. And Danny Jacobs is definitely a serious fight. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy fight for Canelo. Canelo, and, yeah, he struggled a bit with southpaws in the past and Golovkin switch hit, uh, Danny switch hit very well against he Golovkin. He worked well yeah. for him that against Golovkin, mm, didn't he? It did. 
Um, what do you think? Any chance? Would you, would you give? Oh, a chance. definitely give him a chance. chance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's he's, he's a top fighter, Jacobs. Mm. I mean, obviously, no. You know, I, I think I watched the first. I thought Canelo and Golovkin. I thought Golovkin won the first one. Mm. A bit unlucky, but I thought Canelo won the second. Yeah. Close fight, but I give no. I mean, I would actually watched him. We watched it. No commentary. And we both scored it, and we both had it. Give it. Um, Canelo by two, so I thought he's. I've been in with Golovkin, so I, I know how, how much of an hard fight that that is. Do you know what I mean? And to do what he, I thought in the second fight, he did what he needed to do. All sense of the ring and pushing him back. Um, but Jacobs, I thought Golovkin won. He, he pushed him close, but I thought he, I thought Golovkin. The um, knockdown probably just tipped it over. Yeah, him, yeah, didn't it? yeah, yeah. But so, I struggled to him when he went southpaw. But Jacobs is a live opponent for anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really rate him. He's a, he's a good fighter. And Canelo's got his got his hands full when he fight. So four four prison stretches or eleven rounds with Golovkin, which is which is worse? Oh, get, get me back in with Golovkin any day. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Never get me in the can then. <laughs> uh, before we come on to your fight with Golovkin, um, you you went to to Argentina for Martinez. I mean, given given the visa issues, Carl, that could have been quite a good excuse for fighters to have avoided Martin stateside just knowing that he couldn't get over there but Martinez obviously went to decided to have it you know, in Argentina I mean fair play to him for that because he could have easily used the excuse and, and not for yeah. it yeah yeah I mean he, he I was brought in as cannon fodder because uh, it was 30th anniversary at Falcons World wasn't it mm. so that's why I was bringing br- an Englishman in yeah bringing an Englishman in yeah why you know um, why, he get, why he gets done in Um but that, like I said, I was brought in for can- uh, as cannon fodder for that. But um, there was problems with the ring and all, wasn't there? And that, and that thing. What happened was, you remember Gary Buckland? Yeah, remember him? He's oh, I felt, I used to spoil Gary a lot. I felt tight to him, you know. We did, we'd obviously we was in the same hotel, so we, I sent him absolutely killed himself at make his weight, and then he made it, and then he was on the fight after me. But what happened was when obviously Martinez won, the ring got absolutely. Oh, Bombarded and it collapsed, so then he couldn't he couldn't fight. So so he, so he didn't end up fighting. But um, but yeah, I mean that 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 was some experience that for me. Like it was, you know, nothing nothing's ever come close to that. Mm. I mean, it was you know again, I knew I needed to knock him out to win. Did you feel like you were hated that night in the arena? Like was it really hard in the in the arena? Yeah, but beforehand it wasn't. But yeah. obviously when everybody gets together, they've had a few drinks or whatever, mm. and the you know. I think the old Falklands thing is, is pretty much like 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 any of us. I think it's only politicians who's really bothered about it. Any of us aren't bothered, and they were the same when I went over mm. there. They didn't hate me because I was an English bloke. You know what I mean? I got treated really well, but on the night it was it was proper hostile. Mm. Like it was, um, yeah. I mean, it was. You're just in the zone, aren't you? So you're, yeah. not, you're not bothered, but it's quite intimidating. For, you know, speaking with some of my supporters who went over, family and friends, and that was intimidating for them, but. What my, my mate, it's in my bookless. My mate got um, robbed, gunpoint, in an hotel. Hotel got robbed, and he he come down. He gone up to his room and come down mid robbery. So obviously he was obviously gun to his head and put on floor and what suck off him and all that carry on. But it was it was quite rough. But it, it was unreal experience. And the way he got treated over there it was lovely. The, the, the lovely people. Do you know what I mean? And Martinez did a, did a nice thing for me. Book. He was a good he was a good, good fellow in but. Like you said early on about the lawyer and his fight, which you know was sturming. The all the 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 all idea of of him fighting me was after it fighting Cotto. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I'd won that fight that just won't happen. So it's just politics of boxing, you know. You think it, you, it, it doesn't bother me? It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's there's no point getting net up over it yeah. because where, where does it get you? That's yeah. a, that's another one you won, and you know you should have been called the world champion again. Yeah. So that's that's two fights and. It just feels like it's a bit of a shame. Um, it does for me. <laughs> You're laughing, but like he won that fight. That was more convincing than, oh, than yeah, the Storm fight. Yeah, yeah. You um, you put him over in the eighth round. Yeah. he wasn't badly hurt, but no, it, it was, was just more of a like off, but like square footed yeah, knocked down, was, and yeah. that was he went over. Yeah, but the one in round ten, he was he was down heavy with that. But they called him a they called it a slip, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, well, like, apparently as well, it was the first time like instant replay had been used in a in a. I don't know if it's been used since. Uh, but they used instant replay in, in 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 that fight, so I think it was set up. No matter what, with all that instant replays, bit yeah. bit of a coincidence. I think no matter what, I'd, 
if even if it had won, if it had knocked him out, I think they'd have found some type of fault somewhere. Right. But they looked at this, it was a clear knockdown and they reeled it a slip ball. That's a pound for a pound guy as well. Like mm. everything you never know what happens then after that. If you if you do get the decision, if he doesn't get up after the knockdown, like who do you you're talking about fighting Canelo and stuff then, you know? And yeah, yeah, I know. Huge, huge, huge names. Yeah. Well, even though he was a huge name, you fought big names, but it oh, just ch- it changed big, everything. Big yeah, yeah, definitely. The one, the the one fighter that that really everyone wanted to see uh, Canelo fight in his prime was Gennady Golovkin. I think we saw him; it wasn't far on the slide, but certainly the last couple of years he's been a bit flatter yeah. than he has been. You certainly got him when he was at his best. Oh, no, he got, no doubt. He got me. He got you. <laughs> I can remember that Darren Barker said, you know, he said Tony Sims saved me when. He said, I got floated Golovkin. He said, I didn't really think much of it. He said, I said yeah, all right, I'll take it. And Tony went, nah, we'll leave that one. He said, yeah. and I've always thanked him for it years later. Yeah. Um, a, a fighter like that has got a reputation for kind of changing, can, can change lives. Yeah. And I saw at Mikel Brook and, and there, were, there were numerous others. When the phone goes to fight somebody with that sort of reputation, yeah. you, does it feel any different for you or is it just another it's fight? Just a buzz. Just a yeah. mad, you're a mad. Just, just, just a buzz. It. Um, I always wanted to get to ending my career, coming back from past, just having no regrets. You know, I never dodged any fights, and it, and it's worked against me. You know, you look back, it's worked against me. The fact, you know, they've got me on the cheap because they know I'd say yeah to the fight. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no really negotiations needed with the fight. Mm. But what happened was after, after Martinez, I was without promotion, so I literally went from fighting Sturm. And I didn't fight them for six months, and I fought in an eight rounder. I should have been like, yeah, after being robbed, yeah, yeah, I should have been in a big fight. Instead, I was put in an eight rounder in uh, Manchester Velodrome on undercard of Scott Quinn and Rendell Monroe. Yeah, um, and then the same happened with Martinez. You know, so I fought uh, Martinez, and then the I ended up fighting then in December. I had a shocker. I fought that Sergi Kamitska, yeah. who'd fought once before. And I was full up flu when I fought him, but I needed to I needed to take the fight to one of me um my con- contract issues, you know, with um yeah, with Atens. So then obviously things parted part we parted with the Atens and then I was kind of like I was in limbo then. So that was when the the deal came with Rodney Byrne from Golden Gloves in South Africa, which was a bit of a curveball, but it was kind of put forward to us and it was like a free fight deal. And at the end of it is Golovkin. So I knew for like twelve months beforehand, round about that, that I was gonna gonna be fighting Golovkin at some point. But it was set fights, a set dates, and something I could work towards. And it's the first time that I'd ever been given that type of structure in my boxing career. Do you know what I mean? So it was good for me, even though I knew I had a tough fight at the end of it. Yeah, I had some like some form of structure for me to build in, into the fight which was uh, like I said it was new for me so it was uh, so it was good good feeling who's the last fighter you can remember before Golovkin that had that reputation Mike Tyson uh, yeah I'm trying to think there's been anyone in Gerald McClellan in the night McClellan. he had a pretty yeah, fierce yeah. reputation didn't yeah. he not many though Tony right. did have at one point as well certainly didn't he did yeah yeah yeah, yeah he certainly yeah. did but he, was, but he was right up there wasn't he at that, at that particular point I just just you know, scary man, Golovkin, and <laughs> serious puncher, serious yeah. fighter. Do you remember the Gabriel Rosado fight? Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked like he'd been just dipped in paint by yeah. the end of it, and, mm. and that was only seven rounds. I know. So all of that evidence, and everyone's obviously you know the media hype around it, and, and you feel like you're going in there with with you know the sort of lion in one of the. He stops everyone up until you and he, you went the longest. Yeah, the longest. Rounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jacobs was the first one who did twelve within one. Mm. Yeah. And then obviously kind of law twice since then, but um, but yeah, I mean it was it was an hard fight, but it's what you're in the game for, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I remember, I remember you saying actually about his punching power, and obviously he's a serious puncher. Yeah. But you said to me that Groves singly punched harder. Yeah, for one punch. Yeah. I, I mean, I was I had a virus when I fought Groves, which I, I wasn't didn't feel that physically strong anyway. Uh, but that, that that's not my excuse. But when I fought Golovkin, obviously you know you go out and fault his power because. You know, I'd, I'd I'd made a big thing about people being beat before they got in the ring with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I really wanted to stand up to him, and just no matter what, um, just try my best and only go out if I got actually taken out, rather than getting beat before I got in. So 
I went in and I felt his power beginning at round and, I, you know, I thought, all right, you've got a good thud here, but I thought I can deal with this. But it's it's the culmination of every shot, you know accurate, what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah accurate, his jab. You know, when I, when I fought Groves for actually one punch, you know, I remember fighting Groves and people say this to me, everybody thinks Groves have got a good jab and he has. But Golovkin, for me, has had a better job. What I think Groves has got at his, his feet. His feet are really wide. He's got a big, wide stance. And he's got pure power in his backhand. So I remember when I fought Groves and this big right hand just whizzed past my head. Oh, fucking, I'm glad I'm not into that. <laughs> so so I kind of, like I said, I didn't feel myself on it, but I just sat, I just sat, squirt, you know, experienced, like just yeah. squirt around and try and get through the rounds. But... The thing is with Groves, he's you know there is he did have some chinks in his armor which he did deteriorate. And with Golovkin, Golovkin, if anything, just just got stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he dropped me in round four, from round four to eight, I was still recovering. Yeah. But I, I took some serious damage within that four rounds. You know what I mean? Because I thought nine, ten, nine, he had an okay round. Ten, I was having a good decent round up until he dropped me. Mm. Um, and when I was fighting him, I, I thought, because, like, he'd, he'd stopped everybody, I, the only little weakness I got of him was you could... I could kind of feel a little bit of desperation from him, the mm. fact that he thought, you know, this might, might might go 12. Do you know what I mean? But apart from that, everything with him was, was spot on. There was just no chinks in his armour whatsoever. Wow. But he's uh, by, by far the best the best fighter I've been in with. Mm. Did that did that fight take anything out of you, do you think? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I've never. Obviously, the, my biggest fight since that was Groves. Obviously, me, me, me and Groves. Like, you know, if you watch the first half of the fight, was was crap there because, like I said, I was like just skirting about. But like from when he, he, he I think end around eight, he can't with a backhand, yeah, and I, and I didn't see any. Just hit me, and I just, I, I, my legs had gone. And then, I met. It was just before Bell. Anyway, I, I, I staggered into, I was staggered into the corner. And then I sat on my stool and Oliver was on about pulling me. Mm. And I, I couldn't really, I was still buzzing. And, and I was like, he was like, oh, I'm going to pull you. Him and Frank Hopkins were talking, I'm going to pull you. And I'm like, don't pull me, please don't, don't pull me. It's like me kind of, I'd, I'd hate that. I'd just rather go down yep. fighting, I'm, no matter who it's against, I'd, I'd always do it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's not the right thing to do. But anyway, I just said to him, I said, oh, listen, please, give me one more round. He was like, go out. He said, go out then and give me some. Uh, show me for so as I stood up my feet just felt they were buzzing like my feet were burning yeah they still not recovered fucking David A was in the corner at the side of him and he went get on him George he's still buzzed and I was thinking fucking shut up <laughs> 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 I, I felt actually buzzing and I went out and I managed to catch him and then it was just a you know we had a a good last four rounds me and Groves mm. but, but it was um, it was a good fight but that was my biggest fight since Golovkin Abraham, I thought I won the fight, but yeah. I fucked up against Abraham. The thing is, like, Groves, Golovkin, Stern, Martinez, mm. I left it all in the ring. I'm, I'm One of my only regrets with boxing is I didn't leave it all in the yeah. ring with, yeah. with, with Abraham. I left it too close, and you should never do that. I still thought I won the fight, but I shouldn't have done it. So, you know, I, I put my hands up and, you know, just... Uh, Accept it just just is what it is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. I mean, I know there's two things that are ringing true here is, is the Warrington fight is is one that you you wouldn't have wanted Jamie to have pulled you out at any point because you wanted to see no. out the 12. And I've forgotten the second one, but it was important. Um, and the other one was, oh, I suppose you left it all in the ring, wasn't it? You you gave absolutely yeah. everything until the yeah, 12. I, I kept trying. And um, I think that's similar to what Martin said. I'd rather go out flat on the face than mm. get pulled out. Um and uh, I think there's a lot of fighters like that, but it's just something. And it's probably nothing to be ashamed of, but I'd be ashamed to get pulled out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would. Do you think yeah. Gallagher should have pulled Crawler out in between the rounds on Saturday? Um, no, no, I don't think so. I, I think that the fight was kind of only going one way, but I, I don't think. I wasn't. I, was, I watched the fight the next morning, and I wasn't thinking that in between the rounds. I did think it recently. Liam Smith against Eggington. Um, I did think the corner should have pulled him out around earlier, but not yeah. still early in the fight for Crawler and, and Loma. And um, no, I don't think I don't think Joe's the, the blame there really. You ask any fighter though, 
what they should say is go out my shield every time. Yeah. What they should say, do you know what I mean? So I don't think you'll you, you'll ever get a fighter and trainer falling out over a fighter saying you should have fucking pulled me then. Do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, it's a it's a dang, it is a dangerous sport, but from a fighter's point of view, that's how how I think it should be. How's Oliver these days? Because obviously he's been extremely unwell, and I know you to kind of taper down your your training sessions with him. How, how's he doing? Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's doing good. He's, he's he's a private man, Oliver. So you know, I I, I don't want to say too much because um, he doesn't like anybody knowing his business. It's just him. He's just old school. He's a private man, but he's uh, yeah, he's doing he's doing okay. Good to hear. Good to hear. Okay, lovely. Um, you are listening to and watching Round 11 and TKO here on Joe together with 32 Web. Me, Chris Lloyd and Carl Frampton will be with you every Thursday. Now, though, here's Russell Kane with something else from Joe. Thanks, Chris. I'm Russell Kane. Please subscribe to my podcast, Boys Don't Cry. It's fascinating. Much needed. It's not men in cardigans talking about their feelings and it's not men talking about boobs and football. It's men being provoked into honestly talking about the things you wish they'd talk about, ladies. So lads, listening for the awkwardness. Ladies, listening with nosiness. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, I'm not Nick Grimshaw. Cheers, Russell. Welcome back to round 11 of TKO here on Joe Together with 32 Red. You were saying at the top of the show, you said you feel like you've got one more fight in you. Yeah. Um, or maybe maybe more, I don't know. But is it is it that you feel mentally you're not ready to quit or is it physically? De- definitely not physically. De- definitely. I'm, I'm the best now in between fights than I've, than I've ever been. It's just mentally. Like I said earlier about the year he had last year, you know, but you think... Of everything you put in, you just hope you just get a little bit of reward, and it was just one of them with me. It was just like setback after setback after setback, and I, I, was, I was just pissed off with it. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like, since I turned pro end of 2007, so this is the first year, so from 2008, so this is what now, 11 years, yeah, 2019. This is the first year, even 11 years where I've started the year, not smashing my body not putting no expectations on myself and just enjoying life and I'm I'm in a I'm in a good place you know what I mean I look back and at how much stress and pressure I put myself under and I want to allow myself to enjoy whereas now I've had that mental break I've recharged a little bit and I know I'm not physically done it was just mentally it was just on my ass mm. whereas every, obviously it's just building back up now and I'm getting a lot more positive about it you see so that's why I, 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 I mean there's definitely one more big fight in me, definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I know that is. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking at getting out in summer and putting my name back out there, and hopefully can uh, land a big fight. But like I said, I've, I've never had much luck in boxing, so that so I'm, I'm not expecting much. But I'm, I'm doing it because I I want to enjoy it and. You know, I seen an interview I'd done with Boxing News, and I read it, and I loved it. the headline. Even was brilliant. It was something like, "I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. I'm yeah. boxing because I want to box." Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And it's the first time that I've actually done it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's the first time that I've actually done it because you're about oh, what about people? People saying, oh, "Fuck, I'm not, I'm not asked about anybody." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm asked about me. That's it. I know there's a big fight out there for me, definitely. So it's just about me, just. Like I said, just enjoying these next couple of months off, getting back at gym, putting my name back out there, and and hopefully something comes up. But again, like I said earlier, if it comes up, great. If it doesn't, great. You know what I mean. Mm. But there is definitely, definitely one big fight out there for me, and I'm, I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna enjoy it till it comes along. Yeah, be nice to get you two uh, finishing careers on on wins, wouldn't it? Really. Yeah, and I think that's Martin probably in the same boat as me. I think we're both better than our last performances, and yeah. We've had great careers. It wouldn't like it wouldn't be nice to go out on a performance like that. I would love to go out on a win. I'm sure Martin's yeah, the oh, same. Yeah, absolutely spot on there. Um, said then as well. I genuinely still think I could be a world champion. Yeah. And people may say you're deluded, but I'm going to take a leaf out of Martin's book and fuck them. I don't really care. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Uh, yeah, listen, Frank Bruno won it the fifth time of asking, didn't he? So uh, it's not impossible. And even, as you say, even if it doesn't happen, you've had a great career. That's and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know, I look, I look back from, I, you know, t- 2006 was the last time I, I, I was in jail. No one ever had thought I'd, uh, I'd have been here. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it was it, even starting out, you know, I didn't put any expectation. I swear I've said like I expected. It was only as time went on, I just wanted to train and, 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 and take every fight and 
see where I got to. And as time's gone on, obviously, when I come so close against Sturm, that's when I really thought I was just chasing the world title mm-hmm. bad. The Martinez one you know was I mean? the ridiculous. Mar- the, the, the Mar- and it was just like that. It just seemed one little thing after another. A problem I, I feel I've always had is when I decided to turn my life around, I just wanted to get me head down and work hard. And that's what I've did. And, and, and I think I think sometimes I've just worked a little bit too hard. I, I've, I, I've overtrained. But it's done me in a while. Like I said, you know, I, you know, I was big into party scene, took a lot of drugs. I'm, not, I'm ashamed to say it. Um, but over the years, you know, I've, 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 I've partied a lot. Never since I've, uh, you know, since I went back amateur in 2006, never. But, you know, I'd, within all that time, I've been away four times and I look where I am now, what I've got with my wife and my kids and, you know, I've, I've done well. So, you know, things could have been better, but things could have been far worse. And, yeah. you know, I'm 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 happy in, in a good place. You know, I'm, I feel lucky in the fact that I just want everybody to do well. I don't hate on anybody. If somebody does well, good on them. And I just want people to do well, you know what I mean? So I feel blessed that I'm in, in that position and it's just helped me in my in my own life. I, I'm, I feel lucky and blessed, you know what I mean? Mm, good man. Well, lovely to speak to you, mate. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Um, before we go, though, uh, 30 second challenge, you're going to read you out a list of words. Um, a lot of them you'll recognise and I want you to say the first thing that comes into your head. Right. Ready for this? Let's go. All right, this is our 32 second challenge with 32 red. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Chizzy. Oh, God. Absolute legend. Clubbing. Good times. Uh, Robin Park Arena in Wigan. Debut. Uh, Cyprus. Good and bad times. Prize fighter. My first better proper exposure. Prison. Experience. Uh, Martinez. Um, great fighter. Gemma. One of a kind. Uh, world title. It's been and gone. Uh, Golovkin. Animal. Oliver Harrison. Legend. And the future. Um, positive. Good man. Martin Murray, what a pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. Pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers, Carl, man. cheers as always. Martin, thank you very much. Uh, thank you at home uh, for watching as well. TKO round 11 done and dusted. Remember to check out a couple of our other episodes as well. Joshua Boazzi last week, David Hay the week before and our other shows, Russell Kane, Boys Don't Cry and House of Rugby with Alex Payne and James Haskell too. This has been TKO on Joe. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to TKO on Joe. Together with 32 Red.